It is January 30th, 2017. My name is Joel Tillis, and you are listening to The Soul Trap. I trust that you had a wonderful weekend. I trust that you're having a wonderful day. If you're listening to this today or even tomorrow, it's a beautiful time here in the state of Florida. We're on the west coast of Florida, just south of Tampa. It's about 60 degrees. The sun is shining. There's a light breeze in the air, and it is a wonderful day to be alive anywhere, but especially snuggled up next to the beaches here in Florida. I want to take just a moment and share a few thoughts with you, and I really don't think this even classifies as a show per se, but it's something that's been on my mind and my heart. And I, I do want to recommend that you, you check out The Soul Trap. We have a new message that has been posted. Uh, we also have a new show that has been put up on Sandy Hook. But I want to share a thought with you that has been on my mind uh, really the last week. And it is about defining success. It is about defining what your purpose in life is. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy, Thou hast fully known my doctrine, my manner of life, and my purpose. What you believe is important, vitally important. The way that you live based upon what you believe is important, vitally important. But your purpose, what is your purpose? What is your function? What are you driving at? Whether you're parenting or in a marriage, whether you're working or in ministry, what is your purpose? It's hard to lose focus, or I should say it's hard to keep focus, and it's easy to lose focus in a world in which we live. Not necessarily to not have a purpose. I don't think that that is the issue with most people. I think the truth of the matter is it is a wrong purpose. It is a dysfunctional purpose. It's a skewed purpose that most people have. I was reading a book the other day that reminded me of something very, very profound. And I'm going to tie two books together that probably have no uh, earthly reason to be tied together at all, but I think the one draws truth from the other. Proverbs chapter number 30 has a little couple of verses here that are very interesting. In Proverbs chapter 30 verse 7, it says, two things have I required of thee. Deny me them not before I die. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches, Feed me with food convenient for me, lest I be full and deny thee and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. There's a lot of information, a lot of truth about how to live and what your purpose should be and what your meaning should be in the Bible, and certainly practically, pragmatically so in the book of Proverbs. You can look at Proverbs chapter 30, verse 8. Proverbs 8, verse 18, 13, verse 7, 22, verse 1, 23, verse 4, 28, verse 6. They talk about riches. But one of the most interesting themes is to run the word better in the book of Proverbs. Better. How to have a better life, a better purpose, better meaning. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 11. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 16. Proverbs 16, 8. Proverbs 16, 16. 17, 1. 19, 22. 21, 9. 28, 6. Over and over and over, the wisest man in the world has given you the most important wisdom of all, and that is to know how to have a better life. A better life. Meaningful. I've been wrestling with that quite a bit lately. What is the meaning of success? What is the fulfillment of our purpose? And how can we truly enjoy life as Christians in such a materialistic, driven, success-oriented society? Well, I believe the Bible obviously has the answers to such questions. And yet every once in a while you can read something 
outside of the Bible that stumbles across a truth in the Bible, and yet it says it in just a little different way that tends to remind you of how important the truth is and what better truly is. I was reading a book the other day by Tim Ferriss, not a Christian. The book is called The Four-Hour Work Week, Not a Christian Book. It's an interesting book. It's called The Four-Hour Work Week, Escape 9 to 5, Live Anywhere, and Join the New Rich. There were several thoughts that caught my attention reading throughout the book. But as I got to page 252, there's a story here, a Mexican parable, that I want to read to you and see if you get the gist of it. The parable goes like this. An American businessman took a vacation to a small coastal Mexican village on doctor's orders. Unable to sleep after an urgent phone call from the office the first morning, he walked out to the pier to clear his mind. A small boat with just one fisherman had docked, and inside the boat were several large yellowfin tuna. The American complimented the Mexican on the quality of the fish. How long did it take you to catch them? The American asked. Only a little while, the Mexican replied in surprisingly good English. Why don't you stay out longer and catch more fish, the American then asked. I have enough to support my family and give a few to my friends, the Mexican said as he unloaded them into a basket. But what do you do with the rest of your time? The Mexican looked up and smiled. I sleep late, fish a little, play with my children, take a siesta with my wife, Julia, and stroll into the village each evening where I sip wine and play guitar with my amigos. I have a full and busy life, senor. The American laughed and stood tall. Sir, I'm a Harvard MBA and can help you. You should spend more time fishing and with the proceeds buy a bigger boat. In no time you could buy several boats with the increased haul. Eventually you would have a fleet of fishing boats. He continued, instead of selling your catch to a middleman, you would sell directly to the consumers, eventually opening your own cannery. You would control the product, processing, distribution. You would need to leave this small coastal fishing village, of course, and move to Mexico City, then to Los Angeles, and eventually to New York City, where you could run your expanded enterprise with proper management. The Mexican fisherman asked, but senor, how long will all of this take? To which the American replied, 15, 20, 25 years tops. But what then, senor? The American laughed and said, that's the best part. When the time is right, you would announce an IPO and sell your company stock to the public and become very rich. You would make millions. Millions, senor? Then what? Then you would retire, move to a small coastal fishing village where you would sleep late, fish a little, play with your kids, Take a siesta with your wife and stroll to the village in the evenings where you could sip wine and play your guitar with your amigos. Do you get the story? Today's thought is very, very simple. What is better, more or less? Activity or intent? Efficiency or effectiveness, what is better? I think sometimes we live in such a rat race in our families, in our churches, in our ministries, running around trying to find that golden pot at the end of the rainbow, only to find out that we have come full circle. Wherever you are this week and whatever you're doing, slow down, stop, 
Catch your breath. Look up at the sky. Enjoy the sun. If it's raining, thank God for the rain that refreshes the earth. Drink in a little bit of the beauty and the wonder that God has given. And make sure that you don't just have your doctrine right and your manner of life right, but make sure you have your purpose right. Your purpose is not to achieve some elusive dream out there 20 or 30 years from now. Your purpose now is to glorify God in every step of the way and in everything you do right now. And we don't need stuff to make us happy. Be careful that you're not pursuing the wrong thing. Be careful that you're not convinced that better that the world has to offer and better that materialism has to offer and better that the pursuit of success has to offer is in fact not better at all. Maybe what is best, maybe what is better is food convenient for us. A little tuna, a little siesta with our family, a little guitar playing and sipping wine or coffee or whatever your drink of choice may be. Maybe we need to slow down a little bit and take stock about our manner of life. The pursuit of happiness has probably killed more people unhappily than anything else on the face of this planet. The pursuit of happiness is an empty dream. It is a myth. It is a shadow among shadows that can never be achieved. We are not to pursue happiness. That is not our purpose. We pursue God, we pursue joy, we pursue the things of God, the glory of God, but I think there should be some, maybe not full, obviously, philosophically speaking, but to some degree there should be a little bit of a pinch of existentialism in each Christian, the ability to enjoy the moment, the moment right now where you are, whatever is going on, the ability to enjoy what your purpose is and not that elusive dream some 20 years down the road or 30 years down the road when you retire and you're no longer able to even enjoy what you might have accumulated. The Mexican parable, there's a lot of truth in it because it came from the book that contains truth. 